the most important thing you could share with me today is your perspective. Because the freedom of perspective fuels the logic we use to defend truth. We never stop fighting for freedom and truth, and that is what makes us Americans. Welcome to Critical Thought with Noah Chalaya. News Radio 1310 KNOX 107.9 FM. Good morning. It is 10.06 and 19 out as we make our way to a daytime high of 25. My name is Noah Chalaya. I am your host. Delighted to be here with you this morning. Out of the KNOX newsroom, KNOXradio.com headline. Minnesota support for recreational marijuana. The chances of legalizing recreational marijuana in Minnesota just got a huge boost from the Democratic sweep in the state's election. Governor Tim Walz confirmed today... Friday, that he told former Governor Jesse Ventura he thinks this could be one of the first bills he signs next year. The Republican majority that blocked the consideration of cannabis in the state will be gone when the 2023 legislature convenes. So our question to you at 775-5559, if Minnesota legalizes recreational cannabis, would it make the North Dakota cannabis laws somewhat irrelevant? Democrats will control both chambers and the governor's office in the state of Minnesota. And in a media interview, Walls indicated that uh, Jesse Ventura would be invited to the signing ceremony because Jesse Ventura was one of the first governors across the country to support the legalization of cannabis. I remember when Minnesota increased the tobacco tax on cigarettes. I remember it pretty clearly, actually. And I remember people in North Dakota laughing. It was so funny because the idea that anybody that lived within, you know, even 10, 15 minutes of, a, of the border of North Dakota would do anything other than drive from East Grand Forks over to Grand Forks, buy their cigarettes on this side of the border and take them back to Minnesota. I had we had a family friend that lived out in 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 Minnesota and near a casino and she would drive into North Dakota and she'd stock up on cigarettes and then she'd drive back to Minnesota. So I very much doubt if this passes and we talked about this before the North Dakota uh, vote, right? We talked about this Montana, you've got Washington, you've got States checkered around the country making this decision. And North Dakota, for the second time, said, no, this isn't something we're engaging with. I hope there wasn't a lot of you out there that voted no with the idea that this would keep this out of your community. Because as more and more states pick up recreational marijuana, that door is going to get further and further open. The only thing we really said no to was the ability to collect the tax revenue associated with the purchase. The same thing that happened with tobacco maybe 10, 15 years ago is about to happen here with recreational marijuana. People will get to Minnesota to get what they want, and then they'll just come back across the border. The only difference is going to be Minnesota is going to get the tax revenue 
instead of North Dakota residents. Now, there is another side of that, and that is, where does this path end? Because I submit to you, it doesn't really end with cannabis. We'll get into this uh, in, in a little bit later in the hour, but Colorado just legalized magic mushrooms, and that's an idea that's growing nationwide. 775-5559, what is the perspective I'm missing? You are on KNOX. Good morning. Well, first of all, uh, I'm not too concerned about if the government gets more tax money. Never have been, never will be. They always need what they always get what they want at the federal level. If they don't have enough, they just print it. Now, as far as the discussion of Minnesota, uh, I'll tell you what I believe. I believe the potheads will drive over there to either a get it or smoke it over there, mm-hmm. so there'll be more doped up drivers coming across the bridge, potentially causing accidents, and more potheads willing to break the law. To feed their addiction. Do you think so that's, that's maybe? Think do you think happen. that's maybe a little bit of an unfair characterization from the standpoint of I go to the grocery store a lot and I get donuts, but I don't eat them until I get home. Oftentimes because it makes a mess in my car. But the idea of like unpackaging, you know, a joint. And I okay, admittedly, I'm a little ignorant here. So if I get this off, nobody correct me. But uh, you know, you go over there and you 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 gather the thing and then somehow construct it into a, a smoking apparatus. And the, I just don't see that happening on the way home. Well, no, they might smoke it over in Minnesota with their friends over there where it's legal and then drive home high. Okay. Well, I, could, I, guess, I, I guess I can see that. It seems like if you're going to break the law, it would you'd have a lower chance of getting caught breaking the law by just putting it in your backpack, driving across, taking it home, and smoking it there. As well, a, but I, I see your point. And I would, I would agree that they're going to do that too, which once again goes back to my point. The potheads are just going to break the law one way or the other. It all goes back to remember the discussion we hear so much about the rule of law mm-hmm. as the rule of law continues to disintegrate. So goes your society. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Because the problem, right, is a principle problem. It isn't a problem. It isn't this specific law that is going to be the downfall of society, but it is the concept that we no longer value the concept of the rule of law. If I think I'm right in the situation, then it's the law enforcement officer's job to back down or he's bigoted. He or she. Yep. Couldn't be more. So, no, I just, and in closing, now you know why Jesse Ventura endorsed Tim Walls. Oh, fair point. 775-5559. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Good morning, uh, sir. How are you doing, Mr. Chalila? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I'm doing great, too. Uh, nice day out. Say, uh, I have to respectfully disagree with Terry. Okay. Um. There's a huge difference, and I'm comparing uh, driving while stoned and driving while intoxicated on alcohol. There's a huge difference there. Um, show me, show me the statistics on uh, vehicle accidents with stoned drivers compared to DUI drivers. You know, we've tolerated uh, alcohol for you know, hundreds of years and, uh, they still, I mean, as far as, uh, people driving drunk, uh, they still do and they cause a majority of the accidents. So I think that's kind of unfair that Terry, uh, demonizes, uh, you know, getting stoned, you know, I mean, it's not just driving stone, but getting stoned in general, um, I don't myself, and I, but I have before, 
And, uh, and I do know a lot of people that drive stoned, so to speak. And, and, but it's nowhere near the, uh, you know, they're nowhere near impaired, um, to the degree of, uh, like, let's say if you drank a 12 pack of beer or Mm -hmm. a pint of whiskey or whatever. So I just wanted to get that out there. I I appreciate it. If I can, if I just poke you for just a second. So I, I, so I would say that, so if if I can if I can if I can push back a little bit, wouldn't you say that that's kind of exemplifying Terry's point? By the, the his point was that it's likely because of the disrespect of the rule of law, if a, a substance is illegal, it will. That means that once you've crossed that line, then it's not really that much more of a line to cross to say, well, I'll get behind my car and drive. If I'm understanding what you're saying, your argument is essentially like. I've done it and it's really not that bad having seen what it's like to be drunk and having seen what it's like to be stoned. I don't think there's nearly as much of a danger in driving stoned. Is is that kind of what I'm picking up? Yes. Yes. And that, that was my, you know, I was, I was saying being driving, being stoned is nowhere near as being, uh, I mean, you have, you have greater control um, in comparison to being drunk Okay. I've been drunk behind the wheel and I know what it's like. And I can tell you that there's a major difference. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, you know, but, you know, society has tolerated, uh, you know, alcohol for, like I said, 100 years or more. And they just, uh, you know, we just keep giving DUI uh, citations and people keep getting killed and, and, uh, but, I, you know, yeah, you know, he's probably right, though. I mean, there's going to be a lot, probably a lot more stoners coming across the bridge, mm-hmm. you know, or bridges. And and uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, they, they'll uh, obey all the laws, you know, uh, as far as uh, being cognitive of uh, their driving abilities. Sure. All the other laws, other than the two, you know, coming across the bridge with a controlled substance and driving under the influence, but everything else. Yes, but in North Dakota, the Governor Burgum, uh, he basically decriminalized marijuana oh, for right. an ounce or less. Uh, so right. basically, if you had an ounce or less of marijuana in North Dakota, it would be like a parking ticket, and okay. they would probably take it from you. Okay. Well, that... um, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go to jail. So, um, and so, I mean, that, that they lightened up here too, you know, in our state, even though the voters, uh, they didn't, they didn't vote to legalize it. Mm-hmm. it. It's still essentially, you know, I mean, it's not something that, that they're out, the tax task force are out looking for, right. you know, marijuana back in the seventies, it was way worse. You know, if you got caught with anything, you know, marijuana, you know, uh, a pipe or something, uh, you'd go to jail. And paraphernalia is still a a class B misdemeanor, um, I think, in this state. So the tools that you use to smoke marijuana um, are actually, uh, you know, criminal um, as far as uh, the statutes go, you know. Mm -hmm. So... Anyways, uh, no, I, 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 and you know what? Stoners tend to stay home more. They'll watch TV, they'll eat, you know, they'll relax, that, fall asleep probably. So that has been my experience, that they're not particularly motivated to get into a car and drive. I would also add 
we don't really have testing for people that are driving under the influence of cannabis yet. And I think that probably lends itself to the discussion of why you see different statistics on alcohol than drug use. But I would also point out, I would, I would respectfully, uh, reframe the way that we categorize DUI under alcohol. I would not say we've tolerated it for a hundred years. I would say that we've suffered with it for a hundred years. I don't think there's anybody out there that says, yeah, I I like driving with people that are drunk on the road. I I mean, that's not to me. That isn't tolerating. It's we've asked you not to do it. We've told you not to do it. We said, we'll put you in jail. If you do it, you did it anyway. That to me isn't tolerating, but I see your point, and I, I I appreciate you adding your perspective to the conversation, particularly uh, as somebody who has firsthand experience. Uh, 775-5559, you're on KNOX. Good morning. No, I'm just going to make a few points here as to that last caller. Respectfully, I think he's of a different generation of stoners. He sounds like an older gentleman. Mm-hmm. I have represented <laughs> numerous stone drivers. Um, two of those cases involve people who died because of it one involved a kid who almost died good kid otherwise um marijuana for those who don't know marijuana today is not the marijuana your great grandpa and grandparents are smoking in the 60s it's much more potent if you're going to buy marijuana off the street today so i I just note that um and then i would also just kind of point out you know he's talking about the numbers being higher now but uh, for drunk drivers, but the issue there he's forgetting is alcohol is legal. So we have easy access to alcohol that we don't have to mm. marijuana. Okay. And so when you see when you see it get legalized, even in Minnesota, you're going to see the driving under the influence of marijuana. You're going to see that skyrocket with it. Would be my educated guess. Um, but I'll just say this too, right? I'm actually a believer that in Minnesota and North Dakota, even on those first offenses, I think we are way too easy on DUI, DWI. Boy, no kidding, right? Yep, and and we ignore the fact. We ignore the fact that, you know, people always say, oh, I was fine, I didn't hurt anybody. Yes, but your potential there to just, you know, kill that kid who happened to be walking with his teenage friends that night was there. And so to me, you know, it's, and, and I even say this as a defense attorney, but my clients already know I feel this way. They, the reality is you could kill somebody, mm. and it wouldn't usually be used statistically. It's usually not the under-the-influence person who dies. And so I think we actually need to, when we're looking at, like, marijuana laws or even uh, DUI laws, I think we need to start imposing mandatory minimums from the first offense. That's just my personal opinion. It, listen, you are on to something when you say we don't we socially we don't care about DUI in North Dakota. We don't. It It, it is I it agree. is the only state that I'm aware of that is more laxed on DUI is Wisconsin. And there it's literally like it's a citation, like they write you a ticket. They don't even arrest you. Uh, and then until like your second DUI, or third DUI and then OWI, I think, in Wisconsin. And then they take it seriously. But North Dakota, I think Minnesota, what is it like a ten thousand dollar fine, like just right off the bat and then plus your legal fees and you lose your car and all of the things. Minnesota usually won't impound you on the first one for your vehicle. OK, um, first one. First one's pretty easy. Second day, there's a mandatory minimum of 30 days that a judge can waive. OK. And then after that, it gets substantially worse. Uh, North Dakota. First offense, DUI, really rare to go to jail. Second offense, 10-day mandatory minimum, but you can do electronic home monitoring instead. Most judges <laughs> permit it. Okay. You get to the third, you're at 180 days. You can, you can cut that down to 60 if you do a chemical evaluation first. 
if you join a drug court program, even if you're on a fourth, which is supposed to have a year and a day mandatory minimum, if you get in the DUI court program, you'll serve 10 days and then do the DUI court program. So, I mean, as long as you are in a county with the DUI court program, slap on the wrist, pay some money, go do it again. Very good. Hey, I really appreciate it. Again, another excellent point of insight. I appreciate it. I see more calls. We'll get to them. I got to get a break in here. Uh, We'll continue the discussion of cannabis being legalized in Minnesota. That happens next on Critical Thought. Good morning. Radio 1310 KNOX 107.9 FM. Good morning, 1026 and 19 out. We're talking about Minnesota's announcement that they will likely legalize cannabis early next year. My question to you at 775-5559, this being the case, does it make North Dakota cannabis laws somewhat irrelevant? We voted not to legalize cannabis here, and now our neighboring state is going to do just that, enabling people to just... Buy it across the state lines. Bring it on over. Your thoughts, 775-5559. That is the number to join us. You can call or text that same number. Email us live at knoxradio.com. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Noah. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So this isn't exactly on the subject, but it kind of, it kind of, kind of. Tangentially related. A little bit, but it, it's related. So how do you, so what, how long do you think it's going to be before we have a facility where you can go and check yourself in, get your little room, depending upon you know how much you want to spend, you want the luxury suite or whatever, and have doctor. You you can take whatever you want, and you're under observation. And how long do you think it's going to be before we get to something like that? That's an interesting thing. You know, it's funny. You think that that's off topic, but it's really not. That's actually later in my show doc on the same topic. So, Colorado just legalized magic mushrooms. And this is an idea that's growing nationwide. And the idea here is they started looking at psychedelics a few years ago, and they started looking into what the effects on things like anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, these sorts of things. Mental health, yeah. Right. And what the, well, but a very specific uh, category of mental health. And what they found was they had all sorts of drugs up and down the wazoo that had some pretty horrific side effects, and they were fairly ineffective. They started researching psychedelics for the treatment of PTSD, and what they found was incredible. It was something in the high 90s of people that 90 percent of people that underwent this treatment, uh, they had success in coping with a lot of their problems. And a big part of that was the uh, the psychedelics allowed them to relax enough and to engage in a process with their therapist or with their doctor to say, here is Here's what I'm thinking or here's what bothers me or here's what's really under the surface. And it's an area of their mind they just weren't able to access prior to being under the influence of psychedelics. And so as more and more research is coming out about this and more and more states are buying into this, more and more states are legalizing this this thing. And so to me, I look at that and I get really excited about the, the positive side of it. I'm like, that's great. And then there's the other part of me that goes, well, hold on a second. So where does this road end exactly? Like it's, you know, 
right, all of right. the proponents were saying, or all of the you know anti-pot people were saying, this is what's going to happen. It'll be the road and it'll just never end. And gosh darn it, it kind of seems like that's the way we're going. Yeah, it could be. It could be interesting to see what's on the on the horizons, right? I mean, it's amazing that they can that they can help those folks with with PTSD and yes. you know, maybe get some of the stuff they've suppressed to be able to get it out and be able to work through it. But yeah, it just makes me wonder sometimes. Uh, at some point, and you know, there's proponents of freedom that that'll say, you know, well, no, I don't think we should do this, and we have laws for everything. I understand. Uh-huh. We have we have policies. We have laws. But it, and it's kind of funny sometimes to me, the people that are shouting from the rooftops about freedom, they kind of they stutter step really hard when it comes to somebody saying, hey, here you have a right to, to, to in, ingest this or to eat this or to take this. And you, you know, but they'll go, no, 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 no. We got to have a law about that or no, we got to have a law, you know. So it's kind of interesting. It'll, it'll be interesting to see in the future where things go with this because I could, I could see where somebody could get, and again, it comes back to money. If, if somebody could see where they could make money off, of, mm-hmm. where they could have a, a, you know, a place where people can go and they could be in a safe, quote unquote, safe, you know, doctor, you know, uh, they could be supervised and they could be supervised yeah. and the process of the experience could be monitored is what you're saying. Right. Right. Yeah. Not out driving a car, not, you know, not, you know, you know, doing it in a, you know, place where they're in an alley somewhere right. or they're having to buy it somewhere shady and there's all kinds of all the other things that come along with you know illegal drugs and black market and all that kind of stuff it would be a deal where it's, here it is up front and i mean i know that makes a lot of people cringe but i just wonder like i wonder how far we're off from that it's coming my friend it's coming it's on the way it's just we're about uh, maybe we're 10 years out for something like that I appreciate the perspective. I appreciate you joining the program. I, I think there's a lot here to unpack. We'll get to it after the news. Doug Barrett out of the award-winning KNOX Newsroom. He's up next. Radio 1310, KNOX 107.9, 103.3 FM, 10.30, coming up on 10.36, 19 out. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Good morning, Noah. Is that me? That's you. Hey, just a couple of comments on this uh, cannabis thing. Yeah. I just happened to be in Colorado when those laws changed. And you know, it seems inevitable that whether you're for or against, there's always this comparison between you know, the alcohol crowd and the, the cannabis users. Mm-hmm. So the point I'm kind of <clears throat> trying to get at here is uh, we're not talking about, well, I'll put it this way. If the laws changed, are you going to go out and start smoking pot? No. No. Do you think the people who are smoking it now are going to stop smoking it because you know, the laws change? No, My but they, is, might have, they might have easier access to safer marijuana. Well, that's another topic. What I'm getting at, it's a... It's past tense. Marijuana is there. It's here. Mm-hmm. I'm in Southern California where they're growing some of the, you know, better, as some people might put it. So sure. here's what's kind of interesting. The uh, laws that we're talking about changing aren't going to change by and large. Nothing happened in those areas. Right. No one ran out and you know, started smoking pot. So, yeah, there's some some nuances there. 
But here's a factor that I keep hearing come up in your area. Okay. And it comes from folks like attorneys or people like your father Mm -hmm. or people like my former neighbors. There's a mindset that this is bad. And so when they think about legalizing it, they think about all of this bad that's, you know, people are going to go crazy because it doesn't happen that way. Mm -hmm. But here's what they get a little bit nervous about. They can't arrest you for possessing it. They can't fine you. They can't punish you. They can't put you in jail. So everybody who's out there as a, and no, don't misunderstand me, I've got some really good friends. Mm -hmm. 30, 40 years working with chemical dependency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someone right now is firing up a bowl and they're going to brush their teeth and doctor their eyes and they're going to go to work for one of the biggest employers just like they've done for the last 20 years. And nobody knows. They're, and nobody cares. Well, everybody knows. <laughs> oh, okay. They're the heads of departments who get increases in their salary every year with bigger budgets and a larger headcount because they're effective at their job. What they do after work, or as some people would argue, during work, shouldn't be any of their business along these lines. But again, there's a mindset there that, oh, we've got to arrest these people. We've got to punish them. We've got to find them. We've got to get them into counseling. We've got to get them through chemical dependency. Maybe they're this, maybe they're that. All the while, it's happening in the background. So nothing's going to change when your laws change other than people were won't be so paranoid about getting arrested. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you that it's not, it really shouldn't be the government or other people's business what you put into your body. Uh, that's just kind of a line in the sand that I'm pretty comfortable standing on, and it's a hill I'm pretty willing to die on. Uh, now, from my perspective, it's really more of the standpoint of I don't want to put stuff into my body. So I get far less amped up about if pot's legal or not. Like you said, it won't change my decision. I get real amped up when we start talking about things like vaccine mandates. I don't want stuff in my body. Um, But that's just me. But I would push back on you a little bit as it relates to when you're working for somebody else, right? If you're working for somebody else, to a certain degree, you become their liability. So don't they get some say into how what kind of work, uh, you know, condition you present yourself into work? Absolutely. And a wonderful point. (laughs) The laws that are potentially going to change in your state, Mm -hmm. they don't change the employment status. If you're working somewhere right now that bans cannabis, 50 nanograms per milliliter, Mm -hmm. that's like two steps in an 8,000-mile trek, Mm -hmm. that's not going to change. In fact, just like in Colorado, when people were saying, oh, the people from Wyoming are going to do what? They're going to run down to Colorado and they're going to get some kind of stoned or Mm. the same people that were doing it the day before. And then when they go back to... Wyoming, what's going to happen? Oh, the law is going to be waiting there. Bring your medical card with you. We'll use that as evidence. Yeah. So there, again, there's a mindset that it doesn't matter. It's not. It's not about cannabis. Right. It's about control. <laughs> cannabis. Yeah. So I'm just making a couple points there that this is all moot. It's all moot, and it's sooner or later. So in the meantime, you can arrest the people coming from. Winnipeg, and you can arrest the people coming from Montana mm-hmm. because that's the law. So I contend there's an appetite 
there that is just about that. So I'm taking a shot at some of my good, you know, counselor friends who mm-hmm. go way back, uh, including, you know, perhaps like I say, some folks like your father. All right, hey. for him for a little while. Oh, that, I, have a great day. I, hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate you calling in. I appreciate the perspective from California. It sounds like. All right, we'll take the break here. This is Critical Thought on News Radio 1310 KNOX 1079-1033 FM. Good morning. Noah Jelaya on KNOX. Radio 1310, KNOX, 1079-1033 FM. It is 10.46 and 21 out as we make our way to a daytime high of 25. The phone number to be a part of the program, 775-5559. We're talking about cannabis. We're talking about Minnesota's announcement that they'll likely legalize recreational cannabis next year. And the question to you is... Does that kind of make the vote we just took in North Dakota somewhat invalid, being as we are literally in Grand Forks on the border of the state of Minnesota? So, like, driving to East Grand Forks and loading up with pot and coming back would not be, uh, you know, a significant outing for anyone. Now, a text messenger wrote in and had this to say, and I thought this was a really interesting point. Text messenger says, stoned or impaired drunk driving, texting and driving, how impaired is too impaired? Also, the majority of accidents are not alcohol related. So how do we determine if a level of somebody being stoned played into an accident to say it was impairment? How do we quantify the amount of stoned? So there's a lot there to unpack. So the 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 short version is we don't really have a way to test for current influence of cannabis. We can test your saliva to find out if you've ingested in the, in the in the past like you know a few hours we can test your blood to find out if you've or your urine to or, or your blood to find out if you've ingested in the past few weeks or the past month but there's really no way to say here is how impaired this person is right this second so that's problem number one but you allude to something very interesting and that is and this okay this might be a little out there so you can call me at 775-5559 and tell me that I've lost it. I've gone too far. I've stepped over the line. But try this on for size. Drunk driving is in some ways kind of like going out to your car, taking duct tape, putting it over the speedometer, and then getting onto the roadway and saying, but don't drive faster than 25. And the only way to know that you're not driving faster than 25 is just to not drive at all. The idea... That laws are based off of something that you have no way of knowing. How in the blue heaven would you know what your blood alcohol content is? And oh, by the way, before somebody writes in or calls or emails or whatever and says, well, you can buy these things on Amazon. Okay, but none of those count in a court of law. So you can say, hey, you know, this has been tried. They put machines inside of bars. There are people that have them, that they take them and and own them for personal use. They, They don't accept that in court. So you're held to a standard which you can't even see. That's as it relates to alcohol. But I point that out to point out that the idea of impaired driving, if impaired driving was simply just 
hey, get out of the car and we're going to have you do a field sobriety test. And if you pass the field sobriety test, we don't really care what's in your body or outside of your body. Can you drive the car? That's really what we're after here. Answer yes, you get back in the car. Answer no, you don't get back in the car. Well, but I wasn't on the inflow. I was tired. I w- doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That would be a more objective way to evaluate distract or, or impaired driving. I, you know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't also mention that, you know, the difference between substances and texting or anything else is at the end of the day, as big of a deal as we make out of texting and driving. And don't get me wrong, kills a lot of people every year. Not trying to disparage that at all. But at the same time, critical dynamic incident comes up while you're driving and you're texting. You just throw the phone down, focus on what you're doing, right? When you're under the influence of marijuana, when you're under the influence of alcohol, when you're under the influence of anything, you can get into a dynamic critical incident and go, oh, gosh, I need to. And you got nothing. No more brain power is coming because you've diminished it. Where does this path end? This is the second part of the discussion, because the, the, the first part of it is if Minnesota makes this decision, how does it affect North Dakota? But there's another side of that, and that is that voters in Colorado approved a ballot measure legalizing the use of, and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, uh, philosmin and philosin, two psychedelic compounds found in so-called magic mushrooms in Tuesday's midterm election, becoming the second state to do so in two years. The initiative allows for the use of these compounds in state-regulated centers under the supervision of licensed facilitators. It also legalizes personal and private use, growing, and sharing of these substances, as well as three additional psychedelic compounds, DMT, Ibogaine, and Mescaline, by adults over the age of 21. Retail sales are not permitted, and the law has several several limitations, including ones prohibiting the use in public and schools and while operating a vehicle. So my question to you at 775-5559 is, where does this road end of legalizing drugs? Because, look, if we want to just say, hey, I think we should just legalize all drugs, and I don't think we should have an FDA, and I don't think we should prevent people from putting anything into their body, you know, the libertarian inside of me can kind of get behind that. So I can see what you're saying. At the same time, you better ask yourself, do you want to live in a society in which all drugs are legal and you can pretty much do whatever you want? And that's going to mean you're going to see news stories of, well, somebody got high on God knows what and ran out of a window on a fifth story hotel and plummeted to the ground. Right. That's that kind of stuff happens. And we can look over at it and say, well, it's not our responsibility to say what he or he couldn't, could or couldn't put into his body. So if he decided to put that in and run out of a window and die, that's his problem. Okay. But let's call a thing a thing, right? It's the same argument I have against people saying, well, we have to legalize cannabis, Noah, for the hemp rope. It's uh, much stronger. And okay. All right. Sure. Let's go with that. 775-5559. Text message writes a 775-5559 and says... Uh, Big Joe should just legalize it at the federal level. Another text messenger says, uh, you do a nice job on the show, though you're very, very wrong when stating that the only thing we said no to was collecting the tax revenue. Of course, it's eventually going to pass. And you obviously are suggesting that people you obviously suggesting people are generally dumb regarding this and you don't realize that you're insulting people. Not most of the ones calling your show, though the majority of the general voting public. There are different reasons the majority of individuals voted no, though sadly you don't understand this. Stop insulting the majority of the public. I needed somebody to explain it to me, and I need somebody to explain it to me like I'm five. You're right. I don't get it. I don't understand 
why a state that prides itself on individual liberty and maximum absence of coercion from the government makes a decision to choose what people can and can't put into their body when 20, I think 23 other states have made a different decision. And oh, by the way, now one of the states is right next door to us and is literally two miles across the river. You're right. I don't understand. I would like to understand. The phone number to help me understand is 775-5559. But you're right. I don't get it. Another text messenger writes and says, where does it end? That's a good question. All of this legalizing is adding to the degradation of our society, and it's by design. See, now there I would push back again, because I would tell you, I don't think people are doing this. I don't think the movement, the push, the drive, and the research behind this is for the the the, the degradation of society. Instead, I would argue it's to help a select group of people that aren't helped by other substances. And by put by creating this class system of substances and these are the blessed substances that we think are okay. Here are the frowned upon substances that are bad. I think that's a false paradigm to operate from. And I don't think it's in your best interest and I don't think it's in people in general's best interest. I think individual adults are capable of making their own decisions. And if you want to create a process in by which somebody goes through a process to obtain a particular substance or use a particular substance and they have to show some sort of benefit, I can kind of start to get behind that. But a flat out ban, a flat, what we're seeing is that isn't working for a lot of people. And that's why more and more states are signing up for this. That's why more and more states are moving this direction. I'll take the last break here. We'll wrap it up in the next segment. This is Critical Thought. Jay Money sent in a really interesting graphic that highlights the number of deaths caused by drug-specific mortality and outlines it actually fairly clear and and fairly well. And I'm I'm actually pretty impressed to see this. So I'll I'll take a look at that over the, the top of the news hour. I appreciate all of you that have called in and provided perspective to this. Um, We'll see what happens. It sounds like early next year, Governor Walls will make his decision on what he wants to do and how he wants to handle it. Um, But I, I strongly, 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 strongly suspect that this is going to become a recurring issue. You're going to hear about more and more. Uh, Get used to hearing about it. Get used to living with it because I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's about to expand. The only question is how much. This is Critical Thought on News Radio 1310 KNOX. Thanks for listening to Critical Thought. Download the show notes at criticalthought.show. The content from this episode was taken from the live radio show, which airs every weekday from 9 a.m. to noon on Newstalk 1310 KNOX. Streamed online at knoxradio.com.